Father, we're here in your presence. We've learned so much already. We've gotten to worship you, and we're here longing to hear your voice speaking to our hearts. Father, we pray that you'd speak to us in a powerful, practical, living way this morning. Lord, in the silence of our own hearts just now, we want to give you that invitation to speak to us this morning. Father, thank you. Thank you for hearing this prayer. Thank you for speaking to us this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. What does a hero look like? What is the the build of a hero? When you think of somebody who is a hero, what do you think of? You think of somebody maybe that's really buff. You think of somebody maybe that's, that's really, really smart. Do you think of somebody, I don't know, what do you think of when you think of a hero? What does it take to become a hero? It's interesting that sometimes hero come, heroes come in shapes that we do not expect and that we're not looking for. That's the way with the story of Desmond Doss. This is a picture of Desmond. He was just a young boy of 25, 26 years old when he was drafted into the military. Now, he actually had the opportunity to not be drafted into the military because he was working in a shipyard and working in the Navy shipyard, he had the possibility of deferment from the military, but he declined deferment and went ahead and was drafted into the military. Now in this, as his commanders called him, skinny kid walked in, they weren't all that excited about him. Not just because he never weighed more than 150 pounds in his life, not just because he didn't look very tough for the battlefield, but because he had some strange beliefs. You see, he told them, well, I really want to help my country. I really want to serve my country, but I serve God first. He said, I'm, I'm happy to join the, the, the medics. And they said, well, you can't choose what part of the military you join. That's not your choice. He said, well, I want to save life, and I don't want to ever take a life. You see, from the time Desmond was a boy, he saw that picture of the Ten Commandments in his living room. And there, in that picture, he saw that this description of the, the fifth commandment, uh, sorry, the sixth commandment, thou shalt not kill. And next to it, it had this picture of Cain with his club after he had just killed his brother. And he remembered as a boy saying, how could a boy ever do that to his brother? How could, how could any brother do that to his brother? He determined in his heart that that was something he never wanted. And after he saw some violence in his family, his father had actually come close to killing his, uh, his uncle with a gun. And he had to actually take the gun and run and hide it so that the police didn't find the gun. He determined that from that moment on, he would never touch a gun again. So you can imagine for the military, this was a huge problem for them. Here comes this man who says, I want to serve my country and I will not touch a gun because I will not take a life. This is very problematic. But that was only half of the problem. You see, he was determined to faithfully follow what he believed the Ten Commandments revealed to him. And he believed that every Sabbath from sundown on Friday until sundown on Saturday, that he was not to do normal work. In the military, that's just not going to fly. In fact, a little later on, when 
uh, captain after captain kept trying and, and leader after leader kept trying to break him of these commitments. And, and one of them in particular told him, he said, hey, look, I'm a Jew. I understand about the Sabbath. I grew up with the Sabbath and before the military, I understood the, the Sabbath is important. But look, we're now in the military and we got to do what we got to do. Just work on the Sabbath. He said, I'm sorry, sir. I will not work on the Sabbath. Except for he had one exception that we'll find out about maybe next week or the week after that. But as Desmond stuck to these commitments, as Desmond firmly committed to follow God, it wasn't a very pleasant process for him. In fact, he would some nights kneel down by his bunk to pray. Actually, he would do that every night. And oftentimes there would be a, a booth that would come flying or some, some sort of mockery would go on. Nobody really liked Desmond. His captain said, I don't want him next to me in the battle. I'm going to see that he doesn't come back alive. Who wants to go into a battle without a weapon? Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 9. What does a real hero look like? Jeremiah chapter 9 tells us what we should glory in. And that is not in our strength. It doesn't matter if we're only 150 pounds. It doesn't matter if we're not the smartest person who's gone around the block. Desmond hadn't gone all the way through school. He'd actually dropped out of school. But in Jeremiah chapter 9, God says this in verse 23, Thus says the Lord, let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Even if you're wise, don't glory in that wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. Even if you're the strongest person, don't glory in the might that you have. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, and righteousness in the earth. For in these I delight, says the Lord. Desmond had a radical commitment to a knowledge of God. Desmond was committed to following the knowledge of God that he had, to being faithful to it. In fact, he had a saying, he said, if I, compromise just, if I compromise just one time in a little thing, I'm never going to be able to get by in the bigger things. Luke 10 verse 16 actually says that. It says, he who is faithful in a very little thing will be faithful also in much, but he who is unrighteous in a very little thing will also be unrighteous in much. It's the little things that make a difference. It's the little tests, the little trials in our life, standing firm to our commitments. The knowledge of God, so precious, so powerful. What did our scripture reading say? Go with me to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1, it reveals the power that there is in knowledge of God. 2 Peter Chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you. What more do we need in the United States right now than grace and peace multiplied? Our, our country is filled with chaos. So often people call it the divided nation. There's so much angst over so many different issues, not just the election that will happen in just a few days but over racism, over uh, classism, over so many different things going on in our world today, there is so much angst. Grace and peace, Peter says, be multiplied to you, abound to you in what? 
the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord as his divine power. Do you want divine power in your life? As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Wow. Power for everything that pertains to life, that pertains to godliness. How do I get this divine power in my life? Through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. There is power in the knowledge of God. Knowing Jesus changes everything in your life. So how can I know, how can you know that we have the knowledge of God? If you look over at the next couple letters over in 1 John chapter 2, it says simply this in 1 John chapter 2 and verse 3, Now by this we know that we know him, if we keep his commandments. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God has been perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. So how do we know that we know God? We know God when we keep his commandments. Jesus himself said that, The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength. And the second is like it, to love your neighbor as yourself. And he talked about how all the law, all the prophets hung on this principle of love to God and love to man. And John, his closest disciple, when he writes this letter, he says, if you want to know, do I know God for myself? Am I sure that I know God? Keep his commandments. It's that simple. And you know in the Bible, we find some very heroic people who God gave this exact advice to. Go with me to Joshua chapter 1. In Joshua chapter 1, Moses has just died on Mount Nebo. This great leader who had been leading the Israelites for 40 years in the wilderness This man who they looked to, even though they complained and even though they griped about him, this man that they had expected so much from, died on the verge of the promised land. In Joshua chapter 1, God is giving the instructions to the new leader, to Joshua, how Joshua could fill in the footsteps of this great man Moses. How was Joshua to, to lead the children of Israel into the promised land? Before them was the the flooded Jordan River. Massive. How were they going to get across that? Then there was the walls of Jericho. How were they ever going to attack Jericho? And then there were all these other great nations and giants. And how was Joshua going to see his way through all of this? Joshua chapter 1 and verse 5. God instructs him saying, No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. says, Joshua, in the same way that I was with Moses, I'm also going to be with you. And you can have confidence that if I am with you, you can face anything. You think about the stories of the Bible. You can go into a lion's den, and if you have God with you, it's okay. They'll shut their mouths. You can be thrown into a fiery furnace, and it's okay because you won't be burned if Jesus is standing by your side. You can face Goliath if you have Jesus by your side. The presence of God is what we need more than anything else. And so God promises him saying, no man's going to be able to stand before you. 
I will be with you just like I have been with Moses. And then he goes on to describe, God describes to Joshua how this will take place in Joshua's life. Continues in verse 6, be strong and of good courage. What more does a hero need to have? What more does a leader of Israel need to have than strength and courage? That's what I think of when I think of a hero. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Okay, we get the point. He wants him to be strong. He wants him to be very courageous. He wants him to live a heroic life, to live a life that is full of strength, full of courage. And then he goes on to say, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. God says to him, I'll be with you. And in the process, here's what you need to do. You need to be strong and courageous and you need to focus on this book of the law. Now at the time for Joshua, this simply meant the first five books of the Torah. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy would have been all the book of the law to Joshua. As we go on through history, you later have the, the, the history books added. You have the Psalms and the Proverbs added. And, and God's book continued to expand. But at this time, God is telling him specifically, focus on the Torah. Meditate on it day and night. And when you do this, you're going to have good success. You're going to prosper. Your life is going to be blessed. You're going to be able to be strong and courageous. Why? He again repeats at the end, verse 9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Because as you meditate on my law, day and night, as it becomes a, a part of the fabric of your being, as you know that you're following in my commandments, you can have confidence that I will be with you. And Jesus had promised his disciples the exact same thing. If you go with me to John chapter 14. In John chapter 13, Jesus gives this incredibly sad news to the disciples, which he tried to keep breaking to them. But in John 13, he says, look, I'm going to leave you. And I know that this is breaking your hearts. And so then he goes on in verse 1 of John 14 to tell him, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in me, believe also in God. And gives that amazing promise that he's going to come back for them. And then he goes on in verse uh, 9. Philip is asked saying, hey, Lord, just show us the Father. Give us a knowledge of God. And it's enough for us. If we just know what God is like, show it to us and it's going to be okay. And Jesus says this, verse 9. Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you realize that I am God incarnate? I am here walking among you. I'm fulfilling the law. I'm showing you what God's loving character is like. You need to look no further than me to see and to find, to discover the knowledge of God. Do you recognize, Philip, that right here in human flesh, the law is being lived out, that here you see God in human flesh walking among you. And then Jesus goes on to give 
more instructions, and we're going to kind of skip down through. In verse 15, Jesus says this, If you love me, keep my commandments. You can also look at this as a promise. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. The more that we love God, the more that we find that we keep his commandments, and the more that we keep his commandments, the more is revealed to us this knowledge of God and of his loving character that leads us to love him even more. And the more that we love him, the more that we want to follow him. And it's a cycle that gets better and better and better. Then in verse 21, Jesus says this, He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Hey, if you follow the commandments that I've given you, which if you have any question about who gave the commandments, Paul is the one who said that the rock which followed the children of Israel in, in, in the wilderness was Christ. Throughout Israel's history, throughout human history, God has revealed himself in Christ. So on Mount Sinai, when God reveals his law of love, that those 10 commandments which reveal to love God with all your heart and to love your neighbors yourself, it was Christ pre-incarnate who was revealing the loving character of God to the Israelites. So here he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And then he goes on to say what we just read He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. There's beauty in the law of God. Beauty in faithfulness in following Jesus, in that Jesus can come close to us in a special way and manifest himself to us. Look at verse 23, the parallel of this. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Praise the Lord. When we follow Jesus, when we love Jesus, when we keep his commandments, when we're faithful to do what he's called us to do, he will come to us. He and the Father will make their home in our hearts through the power of the Holy Spirit. What more could I ask for? Because Psalm 1611 says that in his presence is fullness of joy. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Delight comes from the presence of God. And having him filling me, what more can I ask for than the joy of his salvation, of having Jesus in my heart? And for Desmond, this was a challenging thing to live out. Desmond, it wasn't easy for him to stand up for the commandments. One captain in particular was determined to break Desmond of his commitment to the law of God. He refused to give him his pass to go to church on Sabbath. And then one day when he was due for his furlough and he was going to get his papers for his furlough, the captain said, oh, I'm sorry, you can't go because you've yet to classify with a, or to qualify with a rifle. And until you get your rifle qualifications, you simply cannot have your your pass and your furlough. Desmond was crushed. He said, sir, you know that that I'm registered as a conscientious objector, that I will gladly serve my country, but that I will not take life. Captain said, this is a direct order. He took a rifle. He stuck it in front of Desmond. 
He let it go and he said, take the rifle. The rifle just began to drop to the ground and Desmond refused to grab the rifle. And so the captain quickly grabbed it before it hit the ground again. He said, Desmond, I'm going to court-martial you if you do not follow this direct order. And he took the rifle, he stuck it in his face again, and he let it go. Once again, Desmond let it just fall towards the ground and the captain grabbed it again. He said, that's it. I'm going to court-martial. But right as he was saying that, another captain walked in said, look, Captain Cunningham, we simply can't just court-martial him at this point. Uh, he is a conscientious objector. Step by step in the story of Desmond Doss, you see how God was with him, even though everybody around him was giving him a hard time, even though faithfulness to God's law wasn't easy for him, even though it, it felt difficult for him, even though he didn't have a lot of friends, Jesus was with him, seeing him through step by step. He had a chaplain who talked to the division to make sure that Desmond would have his pass to go to church every Sabbath because he wanted to do whatever it took to have a knowledge of God. You know, in the Ten Commandments, of all the commandments that give us the opportunity to know God, so much of it reveals his character and how he interacts, but there is one specific commandment that gives us the opportunity, 24 hours, which God has filled full of himself, in which we can focus on knowing Jesus for ourselves. A beautiful gift that he's given us that nobody could possibly take away when he said, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Exodus, uh, Ezekiel 20, 20. That's an easy one to remember. If you want 20-20 vision of who Jesus is. Remember Ezekiel 20, 20. It says, Hallow my Sabbath, and they shall be a sign to you that you may know the Lord. Do you want to know God? Do you want to know Jesus? Jesus says, keep my commandments. Ezekiel, the prophet, speaking for God, says, if you hallow the Sabbath, you will know the Lord. Desmond clung to this. It was really difficult for him. In fact, when they were on the train shipping out west, they passed by his, his family's house and he waved and he threw a note trying to get it to his family. The family he didn't think was going to get the note. Turns out they did get the note later on. He was on KP duty, which often happened to him. In fact, because he, he had said, I'll do anything to not work Saturdays. I'll work extra hours on Sunday. And he would have to work long hours doing KP duty, doing cleaning the toilets, doing all different kinds of difficult duties in order to make up for what he'd missed on Saturdays. Here he is, even on the train, having to do KP duty. And as they're going along, they're, they pass over a train trestle in his old hometown. And in that moment... <laughs> He was tempted to forget a knowledge of God. He was tempted to forget that Jesus was right there with him. And he said, the thought that went through my mind is I should just throw myself off of this train trestle. Life isn't worth living. Those of you that know Desmond Doss's story, can you imagine what would have happened? What wouldn't have happened if he had thrown himself off in his discouragement? If you're feeling discouraged this morning, Fix your eyes on Jesus. Because there is grace and peace multiplied through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ. As we fix our eyes on Him, He comes close to us and He fills us with hope. He fills us with courage to go on. And that's what He did for Desmond as He shipped off. And there's a lot of details in the story that we'll skip. But when He finally went off into war on the island of Guam, 
some of his commanders later on reminiscing said, up until that point, we thought Desmond was the one guy we didn't want next to us. But when we finally went into battle, we no longer questioned Desmond anymore. You see, in some of those first battles, when, when the fighting got intense and things were, were really difficult, Desmond was always the one there to help any and every person who shouted out for a medic. He was the first one there. He was the one who would help people no matter what. Now, Cunningham, on the other hand, that guy who tried to force him to carry a rifle, who tried to make his life so miserable, you know what happened when the fighting got intense for him? Captain Glover actually shares a story about how he saw Cunningham running away from the Japanese while everybody else was still fighting. The order to retreat had not come, and Cunningham, his commander, was running in the opposite direction. Captain Glover said he actually thought about shooting Captain Cunningham himself as he ran away. You see, Desmond had courage in the midst of battle because he knew that he had God with him. When they were on the island of Leyte in the Philippines, they were, uh, there's so many stories of how Desmond would go into the midst of fire in order uh, of crossfire in order to, to save people. But this one in particular stuck out to me. They were there, and a person had gotten, one of the soldiers had gotten wounded on the edge of the rice paddies. And as he looked out, Desmond heard the, the cry of this wounded man, and he began to run out into the field. And the sergeants who were there with him, they, they yelled out after, after him saying, Desmond, come back here. You can't go yet. We don't have the area clear. It's not safe. And he said, if I don't go, he will die. I'm going to save him. And he runs out into the middle of this field, in the middle of enemy fire, and he goes and he begins to dress his wounds, finally helps him out, and then drags him back to the rest of the group. And when he gets back, the sergeants say, what were you thinking? Why did you go out there like that? Didn't you see the guy who had a machine gun pointed at you? Later on, a missionary in Japan was telling this story at church. And a a Japanese individual in the back whispered to the deacon next to him, I was there on the the island of Lady in in the Philippines, and I had my gun trained on a medic. In fact, the Japanese would purposefully try to take out the medic, so the medics soon took the the red crosses off off of their helmets and off of their arms because they knew that it was the most dangerous thing. He said, I had that medic in my sights, but I couldn't shoot him. I couldn't shoot him. You see, when you have God with you, it doesn't matter if you're charging onto a battlefield with bullets flying everywhere. It doesn't matter if you're walking into work and you know that there are rabid wolves in your work. It doesn't matter if you are facing difficulties in your family. It doesn't matter what you're facing if you know that Jesus is with you. And when you love him, he promises that when you keep his commandments, he will manifest himself to you. He will come to you by the power of the Holy Spirit and he will be with you no matter what you face. You can have confidence in the knowledge of Jesus. And friends, I believe that we are in deep trouble as a country because of the lack of the knowledge of God. Hosea chapter 4 and verse 6 describes how terrible it is for any people who neglect the knowledge of God. Go with me to Hosea 
chapter 4 and verse 6 says this, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Without knowledge, people are destroyed. They experience destruction in their life. Then he goes on to explain this a little bit further. Because you have rejected knowledge. It wasn't that God didn't try to give them knowledge. It's not that God doesn't try to reveal his loving character to them. Because you have rejected knowledge, I also will reject you from being priest for me. Because you have forgotten the law of your God, I also will forget your children. They had forgotten the law of God. It's the law of God that brings us the knowledge of God's loving character. And they had rejected that. And because of rejecting God's loving character, it brought destruction in their lives. That was true for so many people that Desmond fought alongside. But Desmond's entire goal, while everyone else was trying to take lives, was to save lives. Even if it was the lives of the Japanese who were also falling around them. But each and every Sabbath, even in the midst of war, he would ask, if possible, that he could have the Sabbath hours to pursue a knowledge of God. It's interesting. He wrote this letter in March of uh, 1945 to his parents. And in this letter, he describes to them how I'm not able to go to church right now here on this island. I'm not able to practice the things that I normally would on Sabbath. So here's what I do. And he goes through this description. He says, first I I sing an opening song. And then I I began to study my Sabbath school lesson. And then I I sang another song. And then he's going through this this, uh, explanation of the different things that he did. And then he describes how I went through the memory verse. And I don't know, he says, if you have the same memory verse that I do, but part of it was from Psalm chapter 91. And he said, this verse I think has a little more meaning to me than probably to anybody else right now. And then he said this, you see, I have seen the fulfillment of these inspired words with my own eyes. I know God has more power than all the world put together. I've seen it with my own eyes. I know that the knowledge of God makes all the difference in the world, that understanding his promises, seeing his loving character is revealed in his law, and following him faithfully, I know that that is worth so much, that there's more power in that than in all the world put together. Truly, like Peter wrote, there is power, divine power in the knowledge of God. And we know God, We know that we know God if we keep his commandments. For his actions on Leyte and also in Guam, Desmond received two gold stars, or two bronze stars, I'm sorry. That was just the beginning for Desmond. But his faithfulness revealed to those around him that to follow God, to be faithful to God, to love God, makes all the difference in the world. So how about you? How about me? Are we willing to follow on to know the Lord? Are we willing to seek the knowledge of God, even when it hurts, even when people might throw boots at us in our lives, 
even when it costs us something, when it's not easy to be faithful to Jesus, do we love God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, enough so that we're willing to do whatever it takes to follow Jesus? I, for one, long to have more of a heart to know Jesus for myself. I long to have a greater knowledge of him. And that knowledge comes, just like he told Joshua, through meditating on his law day and night. And what better time to do that than in the fourth commandment when God gives us these 24 hours that are set aside. And Ezekiel 20.20 tells us that when we hallow the Sabbath, it gives us that time to know God for ourselves. Friends, there's nothing greater than having the presence of Jesus in your life. And Jesus is so clear. He says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. And there is incredible reward, incredible opportunities when we are faithful to Jesus. It may not appear like it when we're first stepping out. It didn't appear like it at first for Desmond. But God worked in his, way, in his life in incredible ways. So why am I talking so much about Desmond Doss? Many of you know that this week, a film by the name of Hacksaw Ridge is coming out. Have you heard? How many of you have heard of the film Hacksaw Ridge? You may have already seen previews for it. This was something that came about because the Desmond Doss Society was given permission by Desmond Doss towards the end of his life, saying, if you find a a producer and a company that's willing to faithfully follow the real story of what happened, then you can go ahead and have them produce a Hollywood film. And so uh, they first found a producer by the, his last name is Mechanic, and then they found the, the director, Mel Gibson. And people say that truth is often more amazing than fiction. And I, I for one... I'm excited about this opportunity because so many people are going to see the faith of Desmond Doss, somebody who is willing to pursue a knowledge of God in his life. I have to be honest with you, I don't plan to see this movie. It's filled with a lot of violence. It's really realistic, and I don't want PTSD. (laughs) I don't know about you, but I'm kind of glad that I don't have... uh, this backlash from having been in a battle myself. And so to sit there and watch it, I think that exposing myself to that kind of violence isn't necessarily a positive thing. But what I do think is an incredibly positive thing is that your friends, your coworkers, the pastors that I meet with on a weekly basis and a monthly basis in Templeton and Atascadero, they know about this movie. And they're excited about going to see this movie about faith. And this faith reveals what a Seventh-day Adventist Christian lives like. And it reveals what difference it makes in somebody's life to follow Jesus and his commandments with your whole heart. Don't miss this opportunity. The Adventist Review, a publication for the World Church, recently wrote an article that I encourage you to read It says, Hacksaw Ridge, The Talking Points, A Guide for Church Members. It was from September 27. But in it, they said this one line that made me really think. It said, the movie is expected to open avenues of conversation with friends 
neighbors, coworkers, and family like no other witnessing opportunity has in 100 years. You think about it. Besides maybe Ben Carson running for president, what are more people going to know about? This film's going to go around the world. There's been $45 million in estimated budget for it. They have done everything to take the message of the Adventist Christian faith to the world. It's not a movie that preaches to people, but it is an opportunity for you and I to have conversations with people about what does an Adventist believe? Why do I worship on the seventh-day Sabbath? Why do I believe in following Jesus' commandments, in loving God with all my heart, and loving my neighbor as myself? It opens up amazing opportunities. And we're actually going to have the opportunity next Saturday night. The next slide has a picture of the cover of a book that is a republished uh, edition of The Unlikeliest Hero by Booten Herndon. This book that many of you may have read in the past, and I actually don't think I've read this particular one. I've read a different biography about him. And it has the same exact picture that's, going, that's a part of the advertisement for the Hacksaw movie. We've ordered a bunch of these books. We're going to have the opportunity to pass them out this coming Saturday night to people who are coming out of the theater. We're going to have the opportunity probably to pass some more of these out at Vine Street. Also, I've ordered uh, some of these little cards that it is written, has put together. It's called The Faith of Desmond Doss. And all of these things couldn't be shipped earlier because the movie makers asked that these things not be released until right when the movie's coming out. But probably by prayer meeting on Wednesday night this week, you can come and get some of these for yourself. But it, it's something simple when you start to talk to somebody about, hey, have you seen the movie Hacksaw Ridge? Or have you heard the story of Desmond Doss? Because everybody's going to be talking about it. And I have to be honest, a lot of times I'm a little, I, I, when somebody starts talking about this movie or that movie or that TV show, I, I kind of get ashamed and think, well, I... I guess I don't pay much attention to popular culture. But this is a moment when you can engage in a conversation and you can engage in it for Jesus' sake. And this is a simple card that, that we'll, you can have that is, it talks about the faith of Desmond Doss and then on the back it has three uh, scan codes or three links to three videos about Desmond Doss and about his faith. I encourage you, seize this opportunity Talk to people at work. Talk to your friends. Say, hey, are you going to see this movie? After they see it, say, what do you think about it? What do you think about the faith that Desmond Doss has? Do you have any questions about it? I'd love to study more with you about what Desmond Doss believed that led him to charge into battle when nobody else would, that led him to rescue people, to save lives when everybody else was running away. What gave him that kind of courage? It was a knowledge of God. And that knowledge is revealed in the law of God. Friends, I don't know about you, but I believe that we are standing on the verge of the promised land ourselves, that Jesus is coming back soon. And just like Joshua, I believe that you and I need to be strong and courageous and that that will only take place as we meditate day and night on Jesus. We meditate on the law that he's given us. We focus our hearts on faithfulness to Jesus. There's no time like today. Today is the day of salvation. As we close, I just want to invite you to kneel with me in prayer if you're able and to ask that God 
would use this as an incredible opportunity for our own lives to inspire faith, that he would lead us to a deeper faithfulness to Jesus, and also that he would open up opportunities for us to talk to those around us, to give them the opportunity to follow Jesus faithfully. Let's pray. Father in heaven, so often we too feel like the unlikeliest person who could ever be a hero. But Lord, as we read the stories of the Bible, and then as we read in more recent history about people who are willing to be faithful to you, our minds are opened to the opportunities of knowing you. Father, I pray that for each of us, you would give us a radical commitment to keeping the commandments of God and to the faith of Jesus. And I pray that for each of us, you would open up opportunities on a daily basis over the coming weeks, over the coming months, as we have opportunities to share about the faith in the Bible that we hold so dear. Father, help us to seize this opportunity for your glory and in your strength because we want the knowledge of the Lord to cover this earth. We want for more people to fall in love with Jesus. I pray this because of Jesus and all that he's accomplished for us and in the name of Jesus, amen.